the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, of all weeks, not to have Josh pick on Monday, it worked out the best because now we have a little bit more time to get a little bit more perspective on the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank failure. So Josh joins us today. He's with Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, if you'd like to set up your free consultation. And you can also do it online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So eventful weekend with uh, Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank failing, and then the bank stocks took a roller coaster ride. I guess it just increases all the volatility that you and I have been speaking about for months and months and months. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, we all knew that uh, raising of interest rates to try and thwart off inflation was going to be challenging for the economy. But I don't think that most people knew the impact that that could have on the banking system, particularly on banks that are in kind of that uh, investment banking slash private equity space for tech companies, which have taken a tumble. Yeah, so Silicon Valley Bank does uh, cater to tech companies. And as I understand it, it's uh, that the thing we've talked about, that phenomenon we've talked about on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show, the inverted yield curve, which means that short-term securities were paying more. And in a situation like that, like what should an investor do to adjust that they apparently did not do? Or have I not equated it uh, accurately? Well, I think the the situation really... uh the magnifying glass on the fact that banks are not as stable maybe as people think, and they work on very low profit margins. So let's kind of recap what happened here. We had a bank in California that predominantly lends funds to technology companies, and then the funds that it receives uh, from deposits from said companies that invests in bonds, and it was starting to go out towards longer-term bonds, because as we know, over the last couple of years, interest rates have been very, very low. So the only way to achieve yield was by going on a longer-term bonds. Now, all that works out fine until companies or people need their money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the bank has to sell the bonds to make the people whole, essentially give them their money back. So now insert tech companies as being your depositors. And tech companies are very, very uh, reliant upon capital and borrowing. So when interest rates start going up, tech companies don't favor well historically, so they need to go to the bank and get some of their money. Well, when interest rates are rising, those long-term bonds, if you have to sell them short, you end up losing money on those. So if there's a run on the bank, and if you remember back to the 80s when we had bank holidays to try and thwart this off, when there's a run on the bank, the bank can get hurt. When that liquidity position drops too low, then, well, the regulators come in and shut down the bank. And that's exactly what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. I think that the overwhelming question for people is, is this an isolated incident or is this the canary in the mine? And is this going to be a systemic problem across the board? And that's where the fear comes and why people are not buying bank stocks currently. However, you see people like Citadel um, increasing their stake in certain banks. So I think this will be an opportunity and a tumultuous time, depending on how you play it. Josh, pick our guest. Aptus Wealth Management is Josh's firm. It's located in Lewis Center. 614-917-1040 is their number to set up your free consultation. 
this kind of volatility underscores the importance of having a professional wealth manager. Josh is a fiduciary, which means he is contractually, not contractually, legally obligated to do what is best for you. And you can set that consultation up by making your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. They're all offices located just a little bit uh, north of 270-23 right there in Lewis Center. Okay, so as we look at this situation, is this a is this something that federal regulators should have found? I'm not really sure how that works. Like banks have balance sheets where they have their investments, and then the the uh, president the other day came out and said, "Don't worry, we're going to guarantee all the depositors' investments." And I've heard that 95 percent of these investments were were not insured. Does that mean they were over 250 thousand? Which I think is the uh, cutoff, or we thought was the cutoff for the FDIC to guarantee uh, a depositors deposits if a bank fails. Yeah, this is where it gets really interesting. If you look at a company like Roku, obviously a technology company, they had deposits in uh, Silicon Valley Bank of upwards of $500 million. So you have a company that has $500 million at a bank where they only have $250,000 worth of FDIC insurance. And the president came out and said, don't worry about it. We're going to make everybody whole, which obviously is met with uh, you know some varying opinions. Uh, is that should we really be making the rich whole, uh, because nobody seems to care when the poor are poor, why are we making the rich whole? So this will definitely be a, a political uh, point to be argued. But I, I think, you know, certainly not backing up the president on this one, but I think his worry is that if there is no faith in the banking system, there will be a continual run on banks. And if everybody runs to every bank, well, now we have a real, real big problem. So we need to add some sort of solidarity and comfort amongst investors and banks or depositors and banks so that they do not start running on the bank. Yeah, that's that was my thought, too. I mean, I didn't love the fact that, uh, you know, he's bailing out people who took big risks. And uh, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank said that he's not going to invest in banks anymore because banks aren't incentivized to be cautious or purposeful in their investments. Now they can take as big a risk as possible and the government they feel will come in swoop in and save them. But I do understand the fact that uh, there is kind of a follow the herd mentality here. And it's a very bad thing if people go in and and want their money out of every single bank out there because, you know, banks can't hold cash in the house. I mean, they've got to put it into investments and things like that. So what do you think of O'Leary's statement that this sends a bad message to bankers around the country? Is he maybe oversimplifying it or over extrapolating it out there? Uh, I don't think so. You know, if you know that you have a get-out-of-jail-free card and anything you want, you'd certainly be willing to take more risks. Uh, I think from my perspective, the real question is what will happen to the banking industry as a result of this? Will this be a springboard for more governmental intervention and maybe even a larger role in the government in banks? And, you know, on one side, you could put your conspiracy tinfoil hat on and say this is going to be the opportunity for the government to try and take over banks and nationalize banks, which – you're hearing in, in various you know articles and mm-hmm. podcasts, et cetera. Or is it simply just this is occasionally what has to happen amongst the banking industry, and sometimes it just has to happen and we have to move on? I, I'm not sure what the outcome will be, but I think that everybody should be rather cautious, at least in the short run uh, or even intermediate run, as to how they play bank stocks. Josh Pick is our guest, Aptus Wealth Management, Josh's firm. Subscribe to his YouTube channel by going online and signing up as well for a free consultation. Their web address is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Uh, Josh has many clients outside the area. He can take care of you 
digitally, remotely. That's not a problem. Set up your consultation by calling the office, 614-917-1040. Then the other aspect of this whole, I guess, scare is that uh, the Federal Reserve is getting some people blaming them, saying, well, you know, the bonds, the long-term bonds, we wouldn't have the inverted yield curve if the Fed hadn't raised interest rates so much. Uh, I've heard it said the Fed's only tool against inflation is to raise interest rates. So we have a Fed meeting coming up here on March 22nd, 23rd. Uh, Do you think this impacts the Fed's decision to raise interest rates? The kind of consensus out there from Jerome Powell's last comments in Congress was that another rate hike was coming, perhaps of uh, 50 basis points. What do you think? If you're sitting in Jerome Powell's shoes, uh, do you bear some blame here? Or is what he has done something that has to be done, even if it's painful to do it? This is the problem with the Fed's uh, stance on monetary policy and the federal government's stance on monetary policy over the last 10 or 20 years. We've had several levers to pull. Anytime the economy got in trouble, we kind of had these golden tickets to get out of jail free. Uh, economy starts struggling, lower interest rates. Economy starts struggling, print money. Well, the byproduct of that that we've been talking about, you and I, Bruce, for several years is eventually you have to pay the piper. And we're doing that. And the only lever that we have left to pull is raise interest rates. There's other levers that we could pull to try and solve this problem of inflation, but you know, would it be increase uh, lowering taxes on corporations? We're already at really low rates uh, historically, and we're already over budget and underfunded as a country. So I don't really think that's a lever we could pull. We can't, can't certainly you know lower interest rates at least in the long term to try and solve the problem. And printing money will just exacerbate the problem. So you know, while I I'm sure that Chairman Powell would love to be able to lower interest rates to help alleviate some of this stress. I don't think they have the choice. I think the only choice they have is maintain or continue to raise on a slower basis, and hopefully um, banks can reposition themselves slowly over time to solve the problem. But we've certainly backed ourselves into a corner, and we're heading into what I believe will be some pretty challenging times for investors, uh, which just points more towards you know, being tact, uh, tactical in how you invest and making sure you know what you do and, and uh, you know, getting the help of a professional. Absolutely right. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I look forward to having you in on Friday for a longer discussion on this on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Josh Pick, Aptus Wealth Management, 614-917-1040. We'll see you Friday. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, congratulations are in order to Devin Royal of Pickerington Central High School. He's just been named Ohio's Mr. Basketball. Uh, quite an honor when you uh, consider some of the other people who have uh, won that honor, including uh, the great Jimmy Jackson, former Ohio State All-American. Uh, now with Fox Sports, Devin Royal will uh, also be an Ohio State Buckeye. So congratulations to Devin. I will be uh, watching Devin play this week at the state tournament at UD Arena. And it's a great, great event, as was the girls' tournament last week. High school sports is maybe the last thing that we can all enjoy, we don't argue over. Is high school sports, are there any other things? Don't really, camera, none come to mind. Oh, wait. I guess we can't even include high school sports on the list. Because, remember last week I shared with you that a Vermont high school had dropped out of its girls' state basketball tournament because it was going to have to play a school that had a man playing on the girls' team. A 
a transgender woman, but a man. So Mid-Vermont Christian School declined to play Long Trail, another Vermont school, February 21st in a Division Four playoff basketball game. Now, I don't know in Vermont, but here Division Four are the small schools. The really small schools, like uh, New Madison Tri-Village. How many of you could find your way to New Madison, Ohio, if you had to? Uh, maybe those of you listening on 94.5 could. If you're from Maria Stein or Fort Loramie or, uh, you know, Coldwater, schools up there in the Midwest Athletic Conference, you could find your way to New Madison and Tri-Village, your state champion in Division Four girls basketball. Uh, but most of you could not. Well, small schools are defined by community pride when a team reaches the state tournament. The entire town turns out. In fact, more people turn out than live in the town. I remember last year, New Knoxville made it to the state tournament. Another one of those charming little towns. Botkins, two years ago. Jackson Center. Rushi will be there Friday night. This community pride is a sight to behold. And the same is true of Christian schools. I see a preponderance of Christian schools now, private schools, making it to Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Fours of state tournaments. Well, this Vermont Christian school, mid-Vermont Christian school, was probably really super excited about reaching uh, this level of the playoffs on February the 21st. And they said, we're not going to play because we do not want to subject our girls to playing against a man. They said it jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of our players. Yes, it does. <laughs> Trust me on this, folks. If you haven't seen how high school basketball is officiated these days, they're not exaggerating, saying that it would put their girls in danger because they allow a lot of physical contact in high school basketball now. And if you're playing against a guy, throws an elbow, whatever, I get it. And I thought, okay, they'll take a principled stand. They took the loss. This is where the story ends. No, it is not where the story ends. On Monday of this week, the Vermont Principals Association, think the Vermont version of the Ohio High School Athletic Association, because they are the governing body of high school, athlete, high school athletics in the state of Vermont, announced in a statement, of course they wouldn't hold a press conference because they'd have to answer questions, that it had ruled... The Christian school, Mid-Vermont Christian school, uh, in violation of its policies, which are meant to uphold racial, gender fair, and disability awareness. And thus, they have made the immediate determination that this school will heretofore be ineligible to compete in any Vermont high school championship playoff because they refuse to play against a biological man. They have now been blackballed, banned from competing in any other sports championship in the state of Vermont. Uh, that is amazing to me. And I would hope that what I envision happening here, if the Ohio High School Athletic Association holds to its policies, which, by the way, do allow for boys to play girls' sports. They have a policy in the OHSAA that allows boys to play girls' sports. I'm sure there's some kind of hoops they have to jump through and how long they've had to identify as a girl, but they will allow a biological boy to play a girl's sport. There have already been 
instances of it happening. What there have not been instances happening of is a dominant athlete playing girls sports and being dominant because that athlete is not a girl but is a boy. And that is really not that difficult to occur. If you get a reasonably talented boy, this is what's happened in Connecticut high schools. You've got a boy who, several boys who wanted to compete in girls track. Now in boys track, they were also rans, like not even in the top eight, not even able to probably run varsity. But when they ran against girls, they were state champions. Because your times in girls' track are just not as fast as they are in boys' track. It's not sexist to say that. It's accurate to say that. It's true. The muscle structure of a young man is different than the muscle structure of a young woman. So, Vermont is one of 10 states in the country where the state's athletic association has friendly guidance on the issue of the inclusion of transgender and non-binary high school athletes. I'm afraid Ohio is one of those states. Right now, 18 U.S. states do not allow for transgender athletes to compete in sports that do not match their biological reality. That whole story drives me crazy. Got to keep standing for truth on this. If you just stay silent, don't say anything, isn't this story proof that they're not going to let you just stay silent? I mean, they didn't, like, go to the game and uh, protest the boy playing for the girls' team. They didn't hold up signs. They didn't heckle the person. They didn't mock them. They just removed themselves from the situation. They said, you know what? It's our responsibility. We're going to control what we can control. We're going to keep our girls safe. We're not going to glorify this. We're not going to give our tacit approval by competing, even if we could win the game. Who knows? They might have been able to win the game. We're not going to give our approval. We're checking out. And I've said this before. This is the right response. If you're in a room and things are said that you just flat don't agree with, maybe you're not a confrontational person like I am, you're just going to get up and leave the room. That's as eloquent and as powerful a statement as you can make. This is proof they're not going to let you get away with that. They're not going to let you peacefully, and the Apostle Paul said, as much as it is possible, be at peace with all men, Well, pretty clearly in this instance, it's not possible to be at peace. Stand for truth. They're going to come get you. Now, we are running a endeavor here at both stations, 9890answer. I guess it's 9890answer.com. Is it not applied to Dayton? The Kindness Challenge? The Kindness Challenge sweepstakes. You have the opportunity to win $5,000 and to give $5,000 in your name to a deserving organization. You go to the website, 9890answer.com. Find out what your kindness challenge is that day. Complete it, and then just verify that you've done it. You're on the honor system, and you get an entry. Today's kindness challenge, leave a note of encouragement on a person's car. Not, hey, you cut me off in traffic. I got your license. No, a note of encouragement, I said, on a person's car. Good luck. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.